0: Another seismic move, Messi coming to Miami. Uh Miami's uh
1: MLS team. They have acquired Lionel Messi. Ronaldinho. <laughs> Salgado. Leo Messi into the area. Messi. It's still oh,
0: a Oh
2: my oh. god, great, Leo.
0: Is equalized in the last minute!
3: Messi to Miami. This would be huge, Tony.
0: Uh, this is massive. It's it's impossible to really overstate just how big this is gonna be. That is absolutely
3: huge. I mean, this is a very, very big deal,
0: ladies and gentlemen. It's the biggest move in the history of the MLS. Looking for the overlap. Alba
1: inside. It's Messi!
0: Americas live and underway here on ESPN Plus, episode 254, alongside Hercules Gomez. I'm Sebi Salazar. What figures to be a historic edition of the show, Herc. I cannot help but notice that last week you were in Miami, and this week Lionel Messi is an inner Miami player. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. What team did you say? oh i'm sorry miami f c lifer over there. they told me he went to miami
4: <laughs> it's inter miami mm mm-hmm. I got that one details wrong. bro i details. got my I got my kit right i guess how about you look at that yeah look at me i'm
0: I'm all in on uh, on messy mode here we got the goat shirt we got the uh the Argentina jacket. Shameless. Shout out to my boy, Nico. Shameless. Yeah, I know. I know. The, the Mexican fandom in me is, is, is hurting to wear this. But uh, you understand why we're focused on Lionel Messi. We're not only going to talk about Messi in this show. Mexico played a game last night against Guatemala. A little bit of a tune-up for the CONCACAF Nations League. We'll take a look at those highlights, as well as highlights from Open Cup quarterfinals. that right? We're down to the last four in the U.S. Open Cup. The CONCACAF Champions League hurt has a new name and a new look so we'll talk about that tournament and Julia Headley our colleague from down at ESPN Mexico going to join to us in names. a little bit uh for some Liga MX Femenil and women's national team talk down with Mexico but let's start her with the biggest news ever literally or at least in this part of the soccer world Leo Messi announcing He'll be joining Inter Miami later this season. The 35-year-old superstar, just six months removed from a World Cup win with Argentina in Qatar, and he's coming to MLS. Messi turning down a $1.6 billion offer from the Saudi league, as well as interest from former club Barcelona. Instead, he'll reportedly get a share of Major League Soccer's broadcast deal, merchandise deal, and an ownership stake down the road. Here's Messi with... Ooh.
5: Tomé la decisión de que, que voy a ir a Miami. Y todavía no tengo cerrado al 100%, nos faltan algunas cosas, pero, pero bueno, decidimos decidimos continuar el, el camino hoy. Bueno, eh, la verdad que lo económico nunca fue, fue un problema para, para mí, ni un obstáculo en, en nada, incluso ni llegamos a hablar de, de, del contrato ahora, porque se pasó... Eh, por arriba una propuesta pero nunca una propuesta eh, formal, escrita, firmada porque todavía no, no había nada y no sabíamos si si se iba a poder hacer o no era la intención pero no podíamos adelantar nada incluso no hablamos de de, de dinero formalmente pero si sí, se si una cuestión de dinero me hice a Arabia o a otro lado donde donde me ofrecía muchísimo dinero y, y la verdad que, que mi decisión pasa por por otro lado y no por, por dinero. No, irme de irme de Europa. Eh, la verdad que tuve oferta de otro equipo europeo, pero ni siquiera la, la, la evalué porque mi idea era ir a, a Barcelona y si no ya ya salir de, del Barcelona. Como hablaba antes, creo que, que llegó el momento de analizándolo, de pensándolo, dejar el, el fútbol europeo mucho más después de haber ganado el mundial que era lo que lo que me faltaba para 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 cerrar mi mi carrera por por esto lado y bueno eh, vivir la la liga de Estados Unidos de de otra manera y disfrutando mucho más de, del día a día obviamente con la misma responsabilidad y ganas de de siempre de de querer De querer ganar y de querer haciendo las cosas bien siempre, pero con más tranquilidad seguramente.
0: All right, for more on this mega deal, time to welcome in from the athletic Pablo Mauer. He's part of the great team over there that has not just broken this story, but given us a lot of the details of the mega deal that's landing Messi in Inter Miami. Pablo, a long overdue welcome to Football Américas. How you been? Good, man. Uh, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. All right. So I want to test your memory here. I don't know if you remember, but you and I were at a DC haunt maybe a couple years ago. I'm thinking this might have been summer, spring of 2021. And we were talking Mm -hmm. about the possibility of Messi to Miami. And we weren't talking about it like a pipe dream. We were talking about some of the, the machinations that the league could use to get this done. It's all to say that this pursuit has been going on for quite some time. Tell us a little bit about the pursuit and in your reporting, when that pursuit kind of turned into real, hardcore negotiations?
1: Yeah, I mean, we've obviously been monitoring this for for literally for years. You know what I mean? Um, I think it was a unique situation as a reporter in that um, the the idea that Leo Messi would play in MLS, as strange as it sounds, still to me feels beyond belief. So, uh, you know, when you start getting details a few days ago about you know, the Apple share, Adidas share, the, you know, people start, things start trickling out about his pay and stuff like that, Um, you know, I I feel like we ended up having to get six, seven, eight, nine sources for stuff just because it's, you know, the nature of the story. I mean, it's just such an absurdity that this player would be in this league. That's not, that's not me bagging on MLS. It's just, he's the greatest to ever do it, you know? So um, certainly it was like an insane reporting process. Also, you see, a ton of misinformation out there. I mean, the deal still isn't done. You know, the ink isn't dry, et cetera. Um, and you know, there've been obviously various even high-name, you know, high-profile journalists that are reporting that it's done and this that, and the other thing. And it's you know, it's it's crazy. The, the, the whole thing is insane. Seb. Paulo, uh
4: very quickly, that's one of the most impressive backgrounds, backdrops we've had on Football mm-hmm. America, so congrats on that one. That's a slice of American soccer for you right there. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, secondly, Seb already mentioned $1.6 billion is mm-hmm. what – Leal Messi reportedly is turning down. You've already mentioned, there's the, look at you, there's the Apple share side of things. So Apple money, there's Adidas money, there's a stake in future ownership. I guess what's the most important or or relevant or something just factor in this deal that, that strikes out to you?
1: I mean, it has to be, it has to be the association with Apple. You know even though that's a big that's a big question mark right now how fruitful that relationship will be for Messi. obviously i'm sure there are tons of people globally who will uh you know tune in i guess by season pass just to watch leo play you know um the adidas thing when he has a you know long-standing relationship with them that wasn't entirely unexpected um to me at the end of the day it's not it's it's You know it's it's a bizarre thing to say clearly it wasn't about the money when this player is still probably going to make 150 million dollars cash you know and salary plus whatever these other things pay like you said he has a an option to you know essentially an option to buy a piece of miami a piece of the franchise um when he leaves you know but at the end of the day Um, It's going to add up to a lot less than a billion and a half dollars, which is just like I, I again, I can't even wrap my head around that. It, it, one of the strange things to me is that nobody's, you know, it's like nobody's even asking like, should anybody get paid one and a half billion dollars for anything? (laughs) I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. It's like, it's, it's just, it's just been hard to wrap your head around, man. Again,
4: yeah, the money is crazy, right? Go ahead, Herc. No, I just want to clarify that future stake is Miami.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And okay. it is, you know, this is a, this is a, um, it, it's, it's not being given to him in the way that, you know, I think in the, in the build up to this, there was a lot of talk about him being given equity, the team, et cetera. This is almost like a stock option. I mean, as the option to purchase, you know, X amount of the club at a certain valuation.
4: Okay.
0: Mm. Uh, I'm trying to do the math here. Just thinking about it. Like, let's say it's, I mean, this would be really, I think, optimistic couple hundred million from Apple, from Adidas, um, from the ownership stake. They're saying somewhere between 25, 40 million in base salary. You add that up, that's still seven, eight 800 million. And we're not talking about American taxes yet. I mean, that 1.6 billion was going to be no tax, right? So you could say this guy turned down like a billion dollars to come to MLS, I think, when you do all the math. It's obviously not just money. There's other things, too. It's lifestyle with Miami. It's also I think the coming World Cup, right, 2026, you've got 2024 Copa America, you've got the Argentine Federation with their facility coming here. Like, there's a lot of reasons um, that this makes sense. Pablo, I want to specifically, though, ask you about the salary here and like how this is going to go onto the books, because there was a time not that long ago, a few years ago, where the max you would hear for an MLS contract was five, six million and kind of everybody was operating under that reality. Then we see Lorenzo Insigne come in and get 14. Now we're talking about 25. Uh, at what point does MLS just need to say, if we're going to be giving guys Apple money and Adidas money, what's the point of a salary cap? What's the point of turning to the Colorado Rapids and saying, "Nah, you can't spend an extra 250k on a, on a left back"?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that the days are probably numbered. To that, on the on the other hand, it is. I mean, there are people at the league office who would argue that that's it's what's kept the league alive for so long. You know what I mean? And I think if you if you really did take the reins off in the way you're suggesting the parity that the league is always talking about might be a little bit hard to come by. I do think it's interesting though. I mean, you know, I'd, I've been getting blown up on Twitter. I'm sure you guys have been too. There are people are saying that, you know, the league is bending the rules for Miami, this that, and the other thing. They're just not, I mean, he's a designated player. They could pay him a billion dollars if they wanted to. And it would be the salary hit would be 600 and some odd change thousand dollars. I mean, it's, you know, if Jorge and Jose Moss and David Beckham want to, you know, give him a King's ransom, they can, you know, now we'll have to see what happens to the rest of their roster. Right. Um, I think they might have to get creative there to, to fill it out. Um, but no, I mean, it is, And, and you know, one last point, Sam, I think it does like, look, man, if you're, uh, say 10 years from now, you know, eight, nine, 10 years from now killing Mbappe's agent, or, you know, an agent for a player that like approaches Messi's silk, I don't think we're going to see a generational talent like that in a while, but um, how are you not app? You know, asking for Apple shares. How are you not asking for mm. an ownership stake? I mean, I think it does set an interesting precedent for you know future super duper high profile stars. Um, so you know, I'm I'm interested to see how that works out as well. You know, Barcelona had hoped to
4: sign him, but couldn't really guarantee that they could register him. You know, and I'm thinking back in the day with the Galaxy, when Zlatan Ibrahimovic came over here, they had to buy Giovanni dos Santos. That was like $6.5 million to do so. Will Inter-Miami and Major League Soccer have to do anything to make Messi fit into Miami that way?
1: I don't believe so, man. I mean, again, because because they only have two DPs right now, Rodolfo Pizarro and Leo Campana. Um, you know he'll be the third one and if they want to add you know you hear all this chatter about busquets Jordi alba luis suarez is now one you're hearing these days they could also you know buy they, they have a one-time buyout they could use on one of the other two dps they uh they have a rack of allocation money uh a million and a half dollars i want to say that they got um uh for bryce duke and ari lostner you know in april so i mean there, there are options there i mean i think also one thing miami has going for him is is probably chris henderson who's a super capable well-regarded um you know backroom person in mls and probably has his own ideas of how he wants to build this team i I don't i don't know how much of his stamp has been on some of these rosters you know previously so um they have a chance to be very good i i don't know that they will be you know but we'll have to see what happens all
4: right now they can get him there when are we going to see him there when is he going to debut
1: I don't know, man. That's that's the tough one to nail down, right? I mean, I think the you know the league, you know, sources at the league have told Paul Felipe that 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 league's cup game on the twenty first. That's mm-hmm. that's like the ultimate target for them, and it's no surprise. Obviously, MLS has been pushing this league stuff as hard as possible, you know, since it was since the inception of it. Essentially, I mean, I think there's definitely some chatter about moving that game from Drive Pink, which is obviously a tiny temporary venue, which is a whole other thing, by the way. Mm-hmm. The fact that Messi is going to be, uh, it just, its again, it's like my head hurts. Um, moving that <laughs> game to, you know, Hard Rock or a larger venue, um, there's a chance that he could deba- debut earlier, Seb. I mean, I heard, mm-hmm. you know, there's chat around here. I heard at D.C. United yep. people are telling me that he might be involved in the All-Star game in some capacity, which is before mm-hmm. then. Um, so who knows? I and mean, we got kind of gotta wait and see. I'm, you know, I don't know. He, for all we know, he might be in Miami right now. Felipe and I are going to Miami tomorrow. Uh, to, I, 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 you know, maybe to try and hunt him down. Maybe just to to see what's going on, you know. But mm-hmm. but who knows? Who knows where he is?
0: July fifth is the opening of Major League Soccer secondary transfer window. I believe in Miami's. First game after that is here in the nation's capital against D.C. United. The tickets for that have already soared, even though he's probably not going to play. You point out that game on the 21st. League's Cup makes a lot of sense. But I think that was all-star sorry. game, if you could get him uh, in the all-star game, you might get some primetime eyeballs. That would really be a, a major event there for MLS. Uh, real quick, one last thing here, Pablo, just on, on the idea of, of the rebuild in Miami. You seem to have some faith um, in Chris Henderson and the ability to, to kind of put this together. If we are talking about a last dance with some of his old Barcelona buddies, Luis Suarez has said it's impossible today, but that's what you always say until there's an offer in front of you. Uh, How much time would it take? Are we looking at a 2024 Inter-Miami competitive, or do you think they could maybe even be competitive by the end of this year? Because without them being competitive, I think a lot of this impact potentially goes for naught.
1: I mean, it's MLS, man. You know, they make one or two moves and every single friggin' team in the conference makes the playoffs as it is. So is it really that insane to think that Miami could win three games in a row and, you know, be basically knocking on the door of that play-in game? You know, um, I think if they make, if they have a really aggressive summer window somehow, they could easily, you know, be in contention for something this year. When I say be in contention, I mean for a playoff spot, which again Mm -hmm. is one of the least valuable pieces of property in MLS because everybody gets one, you know, but um, I don't know. I mean, the whole, the whole thing really is sort of a crapshoot, right? It always has been with MLS. So I I don't know. It's, it's entirely possible. They could be playing the postseason with Lionel Messi in front of 18,000 people in an industrial park in a temporary stadium. I I have no idea. (laughs) Pablo, they're one game away from an open cup final. He could be playing in nice cup final. Do You think Leo wants to to tap in on that on the oldest competition <laughs> in American soccer history? <laughs> you go.
0: I mean, he's got to check that box at some point in his in his career. Uh, Pablo, great to have you here with us on Football Americas, my man. I, I've been hoping for this moment for a long time. Great to do it with uh, Lionel Messi coming to Major League Soccer. Thanks, guys. There he is, Pablo Mauer of The Athletic. Uh, Follow him for all of the latest, not just on Messi, but uh, across Major League Soccer and American Soccer. One of the best storytellers you'll find. All right, so what's been the response? It's been bonkers, especially when it comes to ticket sales, right? Inter-Miami 2023 tickets sold out everywhere. You got to go to the secondary market, and there things are blowing up. Tickets for his expected debut were mentioned July 21st, League's Cup Cruz Azul. They were available for less than $30 Tuesday morning. Now, anywhere from $500 to $1,000 for that game. the impact right now is huge, but the question is how and will Major League Soccer be able to maximize Lionel Messi's impact for the long term?
4: Well, you mentioned it earlier. they got to win. It's got to be successful on the field for it to be successful off the field, and it's already starting to be successful off the field, and he's not even signed. He's not even put pen to paper. Hmm. Uh, We... Listen, I was around for the David Beckham years. I was still in Major League Soccer in 2007 when the league was 13 teams. They just announced the 30th team in San Diego Mm -hmm. not too long ago. For Messi to take it to the next level, he's got to be productive on the field. They have to be a winning team, and if they are – Wow! Like this is mm. massive. This is massive for Major League Soccer. It's massive for Liga MX because they are in bed with Major League Soccer and League's Cup, and it is massive for Concacaf. Everybody involved in Concacaf today, you can see the numbers: one million pre Messi, and we're not even 24 hours post Messi. It's already at five million. We cover this. We are better mm-hmm. for it. So is everybody else. But they have to be successful on the field. Herc, when people talk about the impact
0: of like a David Beckham, right, they always point to expansion. 13 teams when he showed up, well, more than double that now. What do you think will be the thing that folks point to as far as Messi's impact on Major League Soccer?
4: The only way he'll have an impact is if he makes him a top 10 league in the world. That's the only way Messi has an impact hmm. because Major is League Soccer— Is that realistic, Herc? Is that realistic? And how long— that's a great question is the how long because Major League Soccer has money, right? The evaluations mm-hmm. keep going up. The investors keep coming in. You have this uh, revolution in your, new deal with Apple. You have a, a star like Leo Messi, who's easily the best player to ever play in Major League Soccer. Like David Beckham is a singular most important piece in Major League Soccer's history in my eyes. And that doesn't change with Leo Messi being here. You don't have Messi without Beckham. David Beckham's in the Hall of Fame in US Soccer, not as a player. As a builder, he, he made this, he built this, and now he brings Messi here, just cements to his legacy. But for Messi to be successful, you need to take him mm. to the next step. I know John Garber has his pipe dream about them being the top five league in the world. Mm-hmm. Concentrate on the region first. But at some point, you have to say baby steps and top 10. If you can be a top 10 with Leo Messi, Leo wow. Messi has fulfilled his legacy
0: a top 10 league for Major League Soccer. I mean, that would be quite some ways down the road. you got to figure Saudi Arabia is going to be spending a lot of money. There's some competition for those types of players there. I think the impact here is part of something that we've talked about bigger on this show, right? There's going to be a bump for MLS, but I think if you go really big picture, the growth here is going to be for American soccer. We've talked a lot, Herc, about That run of tournaments, right, that we're going to have, starting with Copa America, maybe going all the way to the Olympics, men's and women in 2028. That's going to be incredible. Now you're going to have Messi finishing out his career, and you're going to have all this happening in a way different atmosphere than you did back for comparison's sake in, like, the 1994 World Cup. When that went away, you couldn't follow those players. Now, when all these events happen and messy happens, it's going to be available for us. You're going to be able to sink your teeth into soccer. This, to me, is very exciting because if you're an MLS executive, what you've known for a long time and what you've peddled for a long time is how many people in this country are interested in soccer. What the people at MLS have not talked about her is that those soccer fans are not MLS fans. This is the direct lightning bolt to change that. You're gonna not going to convince the 60-year-old guy in middle America who doesn't care about soccer with Messi. But forget that. You don't need that. You need the tens of millions of soccer fans in this country to join the million or, or low millions of MLS fans in this country. And that, Herc, is when you're going to get this
4: pop. I will add this, if you're a Lionel Messi fan, uh, this just gave him a lifeline. You're talking about a player who doesn't have to leave for three straight summers. You already Mm -hmm. mentioned, you already mentioned, okay, right now, 2024, you're going to have Copa America, 2025, you could have a confederations-type version uh, here in the Mm -hmm. States, and then 2026, the World Cup. You just gave Messi a lifeline to continue to play into another World Cup, and that's doable. We're three years away.
0: Oh, and can you imagine? I mean, you want to talk about capitalizing, maximizing, best-case scenario, If Messi is playing in and winning a Copa America or playing in and winning a World Cup as an inter-Miami player, that's I think that's when you can have the top 10 and start to have those conversations. he would be
4: the second player in Major League Soccer to do so. Uh Excuse
0: me. Excuse me. Of course. Of course. How could we forget? Shout out to Thiago Almada. Messi may have had something to do with with that title uh, as well. Of course, the reaction to this has not all been positive, Herc, at least not globally, because there are some folks across the ocean that are not very happy with where Lionel Messi ended up. Specifically, I'm talking about Barcelona's Joan Laporta, who had some interesting comments as part of Barcelona's farewell statement, shall we say. Uh, Here's the important part. President Laporta understood and respected Messi's decision to want to compete in a league with fewer demands further away from the spotlight and the pressure he has been subject to
4: in recent years.
0: Feels like some shots fired at Major League Soccer. Herc, are they necessary?
4: No, not necessary at all. It just reeks of sour grapes. It's very Mm -hmm. ardilla is what you would say in Spanish. Listen, um... Is he saying anything we don't know? No, Mm -hmm. but in saying that, you're not Messi told us in
0: the interview we heard at the beginning of the show, right? Yeah,
4: yeah, that's Messi. You don't go out of your way to make a press release release about a player that doesn't pertain to you. Messi un club, right? They're more than a club is what they like to presume. This is beneath their values. This isn't a direct shot at Major League Soccer. That's not how I saw it. I saw it as a direct shot to the most important player that you've ever had at your club. Mm. The best player that's ever set foot in your club. It's unnecessary. It reeks of sour grapes. And it's desperate. It's Laporta trying to say, this wasn't on us, this is on you. And it's him trying to take a shot or a jab at the best thing that's ever happened to Barcelona. And I don't understand it.
0: Yeah, he's trying to get everybody to believe that Messi didn't want to go back to Barcelona because Messi wanted peace. You hear in that interview that Messi does want peace, but he also says, I wanted to go back to Barcelona. If they could have made it happen, we would have done it. If not, I was leaving Europe. So this is a guy who is saying, who is acknowledging and has to acknowledge that the greatest player of all time wanted to come back to his club. And it's such a mess, and a big part of why it's such a mess is his fault, that he couldn't make it happen. And instead of you believing that, he wants you to believe that, no, Messi's lazy. Messi wanted to retire. Messi wanted to hang it up and go chill on the beach. That's not the case. It's disrespectful to Messi. It's disrespectful to MLS. And it's petty. To your point, um, it's beneath a club supposedly of Barcelona status. Although I think we have to continue to say, what is Barcelona's status anymore when they're, we're taking shots like this? And, ah, oh, Campeones de Liga, says our pro-Barcelona I, producer. I, I, will,
4: I will add this. Beto, I will add this to Laporte. Uh He will forever be known as the president who fumbled Messi twice.
0: There you go. There you go. Captain Deflecto is what he's doing uh, right here, trying to make you think that uh, for some reason, Messi wouldn't want to be in Barcelona.
2: Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
0: Inter-Miami is cruising to the Open Cup final, potentially. That's right, quarterfinals this week. Inter-Miami in there against Birmingham
4: Legion of USL Championship.
0: Birmingham. Birmingham. They wanted a penalty here, Herc. How come they didn't get it?
4: I don't know, you could argue maybe it's going to hit his face, but still, that's a handball. And then they get their goal. Oh, that's done Stefanelli for Inter
0: Miami with the goal as they win 1-0. And uh, Lionel Messi, one step closer to his lifelong Open Cup dream as Inter Miami ends the top dreams of Birmingham. More USL action. Pittsburgh Riverhounds taking on FC Cincinnati. Brandon Vasquez on the score sheet early for FC Cincinnati, but this one all about this golazo from Alvaro Barreal.
4: Barreal with the Puskas nominee. Very posh goals like, I'm not saying it's the same, but just very posh goals like, ridiculous. Left footed finish comes across his body and the technique is just sublime. What a golazo. Cincinnati wins
0: final score three to one and they are through to the last four and all. MLS battle on Tuesday night between Chicago and Houston Herc. Houston rolled four to one winners.
4: Yeah, okay, settled down. It was two to one, and then Brian Gutierrez had a chance in the box. The Houston box, a penalty kick that was not called. It would have been two to two, and who knows what would have happened. Was not called. I don't know why. And then, well. Houston just ran rapid on Chicago.
0: Houston Dynamo, your 2018 U.S. Open Cup champs, hoping for some more hardware as they get the easy dub in the quarterfinals 4 1 over Chicago. Late Wednesday night, RSL LA Galaxy. RSL raced out to a 3 0 lead. The Galaxy rallied late, Herc, but not enough as they fell.
4: Yeah, they rallied late, and, and even Douglas Costa got in on the action, got himself a goal, but it was too little too late, but that ended up being the least of their worries, Sab. Amir Krylak with the brace. Jefferson Savarino also scoring for
0: RSL as they get the 3-2 victory into the semifinals at the expense of the LA Galaxy. And as you mentioned, that's not the only bad news for LA. Javier Chicharito Hernandez suffering a non-contact injury. You see it right there, 24th minute of the first half on Wednesday night. Greg Vanni saying the weight on an MRI. Chicharito on Instagram saying he hopes it's not that serious and that we should know more in the coming days. hurt the bad news keeps piling up for the galaxy. What's worse news? Chicharito's injury or the Open Cup elimination?
4: Open Cup elimination goes out the window. Um, that doesn't matter anymore. It, it, when not in your closest or direct access to a, to a title, but... This is somebody who's the face of the franchise. You can say whatever Mm -hmm. you want about his moment. I don't think he's the cause of them not winning. I think him not scoring is a symptom of what he has around him or the opportunities that are being created or whatever you want to think. But this is a player that I just mentioned is the face of your franchise who over the last three seasons has been the leading goal scorer of your team. Having him not on the field, he's also the team captain, mm-hmm. by the way, I think is a major blow for this team. I, I don't think there are players of his quality in front of the net uh, around Major League Soccer that grow on trees and especially not for the LA Galaxy who can't go out and replace this player, by the way. Why? Mm-hmm. Well, because they were caught cheating and suspended and fined, and uh, all those summer transfer window bans that they have going on right now. So it, it goes from bad to worse, and I know there's Mm going to be some people out there saying, well, maybe this is a blessing in disguise. They actually play better with that Chicharito. It's never a blessing in disguise Mm -hmm. when your DP, who's been the leading goal scorer for the last three seasons, can't score, and now he can't Mm -hmm. score because he's not on the field because he's injured. I think it's the injury, absolutely. Is there some
0: optimism here if you're a Galaxy fan, at least in that Dejan Jovilić is the one position where you have some quality depth, maybe? Or am I grasping at straws? I think
4: you're grasping at straws because Dejan Jovilić showed us that he was that player last season and for moments of the season. Mm-hmm. But he's not showing you that he, they could be that player or that he is that player consistently, and that is worrisome. You look at the Galaxy performers this season, it's maybe a Tyler Boyd. It's maybe a Ricky Pooch when he's inspired somebody in that midfield Delgado Brugman it's not anybody in that forward line that you can trust that's a reality it's Preston Judd maybe cut off the bench but is he ready to be more of a factor for the LA Galaxy and you can't make moves so this to me is is a backbreaker for the Galaxy yeah
0: Chicharito would have had an impact would he've been able to save the Galaxy season or turn it around I don't know I don't think title uh, yeah, but an Open Cup title would have definitely saved the season. So I think the elimination um, hurts as well. What about his Mexican national team future, Herc? If this is a big injury, like we had talked a couple months ago, there might be a role, but if this is a significant injury, you got to think at his age, that's pretty much it, right?
4: I don't like speculating about injuries, mm-hmm. but I've had. That's what I said if. Yeah. Right, but I've, I've had three major uh, knee injuries in my career, and uh, it's never a good thing to go down without a contact. It's never a good mm-hmm. thing to go down that way. Um, he's 35, I believe. Just turned 35. He, he looks like he's in the best physical shape of his career. Who knows? Uh, but this certainly is a blow to his international aspirations. Yes, absolutely.
0: So uh, Chicharito and the LA Galaxy won't be winning the Open Cup, which means they won't be heading to the CONCACAF Champions League. But that's okay, because the CONCACAF Champions League no longer exists. We'll talk about that in just a second. Let's take a look at the uh, U.S. Open Cup bracket as it sets up for the last four. Going to be Houston against RSL and FC Cincinnati against Inter-Miami on August 23rd. For more, check out U.S. Soccer's website and the U.S. Open Cup website, usopencup.com. You can follow them on Twitter and Instagram as well, at Open Cup. Speaking of the CONCACAF Champions League, it's getting a makeover and an expensive one at that, huh? CCL will now be called the CONCACAF Champions Cup, which is what it was called for the first 50 years of its existence until 2008. The big news here is that the winners are set to receive $5 million in cash, more than five times what Leon got for winning it this year. All told, gonna be 27 teams in the new format. Liga MX gets a minimum of six teams, MLS a minimum of five, both those could grow between Leagues Cup, Open Cup, and Canadian Cup bids. Herc, what do you think
4: of the changes to CCL? Are you cool with it? (laughs) Yeah, I'm cool with it. I guess it's a direct response and I'm laughing at the name. You know, like Mm -hmm. whatever, call it whatever you want. But it's a direct response to to Leagues Cup. That's what Mm -hmm. you have going on here. You have CONCACAF saying, wait a second, hold up. You're getting all the stars and, and pretty much it's been the U.S. Federation, Major League Soccer and, and Liga MX, Mexican Federation, kind of running things lately. And all of a sudden you guys want to combine forces and take us out of this money grab. You want to. Make this pie smaller and keep more for yourself. No, 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 no. This is what we're going to do. We're going to make mm. ours bigger. And not only are we going to make ours bigger, but we're going to pay you more. What do you get for winning MLS Cup? 300K? No, no. We're going to make it $5 million. Guess what you went for winning Liga MX as a player? Nothing like mm. that. No. I mean, you may get your personal bonuses and whatnot, but trust me, when I won it, it wasn't like the Mexican Federation said, here, here's your money. Go have it. You know, split amongst yourselves. That's not what happens. Here you have CONCACAF saying, All right, you want to play that game? Okay, okay. Five million. How about that, homie? That's something right there, Sebi. Mm-hmm. Which
0: is interesting, right? Because CONCACAF had to get along with Liga MX and MLS doing League's Cup. They've let them into the CONCACAF Champions League, whatever we're going to call it, the CONCACAF Champions now. So there's, there's some ability to work together there. But you're right. This is definitely CONCACAF saying, we're going to have a bigger tournament. We're not going to let you steal our thunder. As far as prize money is concerned, we don't know the difference between CONCACAF champs, as they're now officially going to call this, which I like, stealing from the media, uh, and League's Cup. We heard it was going to be substantial prize money for Leagues Cup, they're but I don't said. think it's... Yeah, it's, as they said, millions. They, they kind of reported millions, but we, I don't think we've heard 5 million yet. MLS Cup 300K, Open Cup 300K. This is significant money. Something producer Beto pointed out, and this is why you should always listen to your producers. All right, Because they're looking at schedules, right? They're planning way down the road. Yes, sir. Producer Beto points out that the new schedule here will open up some opportunities, Herc, specifically... For Liga MX and MLS teams to potentially join Copa Libertadores. If that's the case, I am very cool with this.
4: Are you telling me that the best player who's ever played the game now plays Mm -hmm. in or will play in Major League Soccer Mm -hmm. and more confederations want a piece of that?
0: That global global Apple deal. Shocker. Mm Shocker. People are gonna be very, very happy. All right, so the CONCACAF Champions Cup is back. It'll be uh, underway next year, 2024, the first edition with 27 teams. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles, and really who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Mexico taking on Guatemala. Final uh, tune-up ahead of the CONCACAF Nations League. Well, second-to-last tune-up. This one in Mazatlan on Wednesday night. Diego Coca already feeling
4: the heat. Raul Jimenez chance here. We're going to the spot. Herc handball. Yeah, it's like a cross shot. I don't even think it's going on goal. Not really going to be dangerous, but it does hit the hand. We're going to the spot. And you know who you want from the penalty spot. Raul Alonso Jimenez, the skip, the hop, the goal. I think it's something like 35 penalty kicks in his name, and he's only missed twice. He's got a, a definitely a, a strange way of hitting him, but very confident and very secure. Not so confident, not so secure. Mexico's defense
0: in the first half. Luis Malagón, huge save here on Esteban Garcia.
4: Yeah, but Esteban Garcia over three L3 defenders, and Malagón is having himself a season. Then Rodrigo. Saravia gonna get the shot, another big save from Malagón. This wasn't called a corner kick, but if you look closely, that's a fingertip save, that's a ridiculous save.
0: So Mexico clinging to a 1-0 advantage thanks to their goalie at the half. Go deep into the second half before Mexico finds their second Roberto de la Rosa.
4: I will repeat, Uriel Antuna comes on and he's dangerous. De la Rosa gets the rebound. Yeah, with his Pachuca teammate right there. It's a nice little finish, one-timer, back of the net, 2-0. Mexico in a rare friendly in
0: Mexico. It's the 2-0 victory over Guatemala with the CONCACAF Nations League looming. All right, Herc, it was uh, another molero. Anything to take away from that one?
4: why a few things but but yes producer methods at the time they took away from us that would be one of them i i came into this game and specifically because of that because i'm expecting to see the base of the mexican national team prepared for what is the semi-final in las vegas against the u.s men's national team so who are they going to play you know who's playing who's going to be the starting line for diego coca how will they set up because this diego coca team very much resembled atlas that set up But he did it with a bunch of guys who aren't going to be there against the United States Men's Nationals. He did it with Raul Jimenez, who's going home. He did it with Roberto de la Rosa, who's not going to be there. Your base is supposed to play this game. I don't understand why he didn't play this game. Why are you treating it like a molero instead of a preparation game? Yeah. You know who else
0: thought it was a waste of time? The fans. And and maybe the Federation and some are starting to hear some of that. This game played uh, in Mazatlán, not a huge stadium there. Maybe you can get 20K in, uh, into the barn. And then what? They're playing at Snapdragon in San Diego on the 10th. That's 32, 35, 35,000 capacity. Mexico's usually playing in front of, you know, 50, 60K, at least in the United States. And it's clear that um, people here haven't really bought into this couple games ahead of the CONCACAF Nations League as a player herc. Like, what would you rather do? Do what the U.S. is doing, which is not play any games ahead of the CONCACAF Nations League, or do what Mexico is doing when you're coming off a season uh, and maybe you've got some tired legs squeezing in another
4: couple games? No, you'd rather play. Uh, And the reason you'd rather play is because you understand that this is a new coach and you've not played much with this coach. So there may be some new faces in this lineup that Mm -hmm. we've never seen together. You want to get acclimated, used to playing with the guy next to you. So you would use this game. As the preparation game, as the dry run, however however many minutes you wanted to go, if Diego Coca says, you know what, we're going to go 45 or 60 with the starters, then you go that. But Snapdragon coming up Cameroon, there's no way you can play with the starters there. It's way too close to game time uh, to the Las Vegas semifinal for Concap Nations League. It's an opportunity missed for for Diego Coca here, and I don't understand, because if there's somebody who's under pressure, it's Diego Coca. He may say whatever he wants, but if he doesn't, win against the United States men's national team, that means he doesn't win the Concraft Nations League. All pressures on that goal cup, he has to win that or he's out. Yeah, this game was a show for money and they're making him waste his time with that instead of doing something
0: more productive preparing for the United States. Now, against the U.S., sir, we very much figure he will have at his disposition none other than Santiago Jimenez, who is, of course, Coming off a fantastic season uh, in the Era Divisi. 23 goals across all competitions for the Mexican international in his first season in Europe, drawing lots of interest this summer. Some of that interest from Spain, where earlier this week Jimenez was brought up as a possible replacement for Karim Benzema at Real Madrid on the popular show El Chiringuito de Jugones. Uh, here's the suggestion in the response.
5: ¿Quién no te vale 60 millones? El hombre, ¿Quién hombre? ¿Quién? ¿Lo digo? Si lo... si no, no... Santi Jiménez. <risa> ¿Eh? ¿Qué? El de las... ¿Eso tiene que El compañero corresponsándolo en Barcelona. ¿Tú sé? No hacerme un jota, por favor. No, no. No hacerme un jota. jota? Está diciendo... Pues no hacerme un jota. Cuando...
0: Uh, That's Paco Buyo, Real Madrid legend, and the uh, cast of Chiringuito. They're having a laugh. Get lost, Herc, for the cast of Chiringuito. Or are they giving us a needed and maybe harsh perspective on the Mexican international?
4: Both. But get lost. Get lost. Because we don't need them to laugh at Santi Jimenez to know that Santi Jimenez right now isn't a realistic option for Real Madrid. The joke's on them. You bringing that up makes you look foolish, not Santi Jimenez and his level look foolish. This is just a bad look for them. And take it for from who it comes from. It's Chiringuito. This is a comedy show. It's a sketch show, if you will. They're not yes. known for being serious, I guess, pundits, and not like I'm a serious pundit, but this is you laughing at them this way says more about, or laughing at Santi this way says more about you than it does Santi Jimenez.
0: It's a great show, but it's a show largely based on exaggeration. If you saw when Real Madrid went out in the Champions League, they put Guti on screen for three minutes just looking sad. So they, they know how to do kind of uh, kind of drama here. Free to dream, man. As as a fan, like I think this is not outside of the career possibility of Santiago Jimenez, uh, even if it's not maybe right now. Do you think that even that idea, that maybe this, not in the next step, but the next next step is beyond what Santiago Jimenez is capable
4: of? No, just this is where they're laughing at. They're not laughing at Santi Jimenez being a Real Madrid player. They're laughing at Santi Jimenez being purchased for 70 million today and being the back or being the successor to Karim Benzema. That's what they're laughing at. I remember playing in Liga MX and seeing a guy named Chicharito Hernandez mm-hmm. score 10 goals and then get signed to or excuse me, to Manchester United. He got signed to Manchester United after scoring 10 goals in Liga MX. And he's there. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that he was going to be the direct successor to Van Persie or Wayne Rooney or Top. No, but he's there. And then he worked his way in and stayed there. That is the difference. But they're laughing at the price tag. They're laughing at the claim that he will be the man today.
0: So, obviously, if Real Madrid were in any way to to come in for Santiago Jimenez this summer somewhere down the road, I feel like that's almost one of those clubs that you can just never turn down, Herc. But if you were his advisor, his agent, and this summer the offer came... Not telling not that you wouldn't tell him not to go, but you, would you wish that for him? Would you think it would be good for his career? Or do you think it would drown him?
4: Dude, if you can go to Real Madrid, you go. I don't care how bad you it is. You think he's ready? Do it, you think he'd be ready for it? That being ready for it and taking the advantage of the opportunity are two different things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a player that you put him in positions to score. He'll score you goals. And if you're in a, on a team like Real Madrid, you'll be in positions to score. They're a very good transition team. I think Santa Jimenez is a very good mobile forward. Mm-hmm. But it's about getting there and staying there. Uh, that's it, staying there. I will say, that's, I don't even think it's a possibility. I do think a team like Sevilla is a massive mm. possibility. And if you follow his father, if you follow mm-hmm. Chaco Jimenez on Instagram, on social media, he's been spending a lot of time with some Real Betis people. And I'm not saying it's mm-hmm. Real Betis, but they're in the same city as uh, Sevilla so yeah I-, I think there's a possibility of Sevilla Hugo
0: Sanchez Chicharito Mexican forwards can dream let's see if uh, Santiago Jimenez is, uh, is next to wear the white of Real Madrid speaking of kits time for a drippin' or trippin' Herc Chivas has a new kit to celebrate almost winning the uh, Liga Mequis title and has a cool design the, uh, the Rams horns there what do you think Herc? where is it at? I can't see it. What ram's horns? You don't see? Yeah, see see how the lines there are kind of curving away. That's that's supposed to be a, a a subtle ram's horn. That's that's where you see it right there.
4: <sighs> I like it. It's artistic. Okay, I just want to ask producer Beto something, and I will repeat what he says. Are you going to buy this? Does it look any different for you to buy it? He said he, he said yes. Okay, I'm not. I wouldn't buy it. The collars are all right, yeah. but I wouldn't. Yeah, I, yeah, go ahead. You can say you can say dripping. I'm. I'm. I'm not gonna be
0: honest. Producer Bethel
4: doesn't I just buy don't think it's They different.
0: send him the kids. I that's, just don't think it's
4: different. That's the pull that producer Bethel has. I like. I like
0: the Rams horns. I guess we'll give it a. Uh, we'll give it a dripping here. They're just not in the Rams, case, by up. the way. The goat horns. I know. Okay, goat horns. Goat horns. Whatever. Rams. Time to run it back. Willian Alco making some history, getting his uh, first ever. Barcelona start, making his debut against Andres Iniesta's
4: Vissel Kobe in Tokyo. This is how it starts. Listen, many doubted him. Yeah, it's Iniesta, let it go, it's fine. we, we, We could all have that problem. But listen, it starts like this, right? Many doubted he would be there next season. He might get set on loan. He's getting a chance, he's getting an opportunity. Hopefully, he takes advantage of it.
2: Good
0: stuff from Juliano Araujo, making the move from LA Galaxy to Barcelona and getting his first first team appearance with the Catalan, the club. Miguel Antonio, the Jamaican international, a UEFA Conference League
4: champion as West Ham Herc beats Fiorentina. I mean, European title. Let's go, Jamaica. Big season come up, Jamaica. Jamaica's gonna be my second team this summer. I'm just saying, okay. I'm not saying, but I'm just saying.
0: Congratulations then to Mikel Antonio of Jamaica and West Ham, your UEFA Conference League winners. Femenil final, America 2-1 winners in the first leg. Eight minutes
4: into this one, we'll make it 3-1 on aggregate, golazo Hercules. Golazo is an understatement. This is behind her, the finish is exquisite. Kati Martinez, Kati killer. Fitting name, fitting goal. 54th minute, Pachuca with a chance.
0: Charlene Corral, you like her odds, but fire's over.
4: Yeah, just not precise enough in these two final legs, just over the bar for a player of her quality.
0: Finals call for great moments, and great golazos like this one. Aureli Katzi
4: from outside the box. I mean, she got a hold of that one from the right on the left, and then boom! I'm just obsessed she dove. Why are you diving, goalkeeper?
0: You and your anti-goalie rhetoric always continuing here. Chance for Pachuca there, but Itzel Gonzalez with the touch save to keep Pachuca off the board. 85th minute, Pachuca would finally find their goal. Alex Soto, the solo
4: play to make it 2-1. Yeah, a lot of time
0: picks her corner, puts it away, but too little too late. Too little too late is correct. America win by a final score of 2-1 on the night and 4-2 on aggregate. Las Aguilas, champions of Liga MX Femenil. And for more, thrilled to welcome into the show Julia Headley, she's our colleague from down at ESPN in Mexico. Great to finally have you with us. Welcome to the show and welcome to the network.
3: Thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here. I'm really excited. And as you as you saw, it was a great, a great game. The second leg, the first leg also, but it was a great. The final, it was a party at the Estadio. Azteca
0: always a party when my beloved Aguilas win a title. So that's what we're yeah. going to start. Uh, I was thrilled I to see the, this team get out in the again. first leg, get that 2-1 <laughs> victory, and then in the second leg, uh, finish the deal yeah. off. What set this Club America team apart, Julia?
3: I mean, I think they are a great team. Uh, we can say they were the best team during the season. They got their second championship, and the scenario couldn't be better I mean um, with the attendance record more than 80, 58,000 people sorry at Estadio Azteca it was amazing they were cheering and it was pouring down that Monday and despite that uh, the fans never left never stopped uh, cheering and supporting their team that was amazing um, they played with character they played great football great football and I mean We can say, uh, and we need to highlight uh, Claudia Carrion's work. I mean, uh, since she got in the job, uh, she has done an outstanding uh, job in control of football operations in the women's team. Um, Great signings, uh, signing Alison Gonzalez, signing uh, Kari Martinez. Uh, Ali Gol was um, recovering from an injury when when she signed Uh, From uh, uh, to America, Andrea Pereira from Barcelona, Aurelie Cassi, we saw what she did on the second leg uh, from Madrid also. And for me, bringing Angel Villacampa um, last season, during last summer, that was um, the key for this team. I mean, he took... um, the team to to the final game to the championship game in his first season and then it, it was just a matter of time for me like getting to know each other um, uh, he had experience in europe he had experience in china so maybe in spanish we say this el salto de calidad for this season and america Did that. Uh, Claudia Carrion bring also Sarah Lubert back. She went to Chicago Red Stars and she wanted so bad to be back at America. Uh, She came back and she's now a champion with these colors. It wasn't easy. Pachuca was in front of them, facing Pachuca. It's never easy. They had Charlene Corral, that was the top scorer of the season, 20 goals, setting a new record. And that was head to head with Jennifer Hermoso. And this team also has Biri Salazar, great players, and they got to neutralize them uh, in the two matches, in the first leg and in the second leg.
4: Uh, Julia, you mentioned that touch of quality by Club America. Obviously, when we talk about the quality that they have, you have to talk about Katy Martinez, Kathy Keller. Uh, she had two yeah. goals of the four that they scored in these two legs in the final. It's very simple to say that's the reason they're successful. But is there anybody else who was a key to their success for Club America?
3: I mean, for for me, the key, uh, and especially for the second leg. I mean, the first leg also was uh, Angel Villa Campas' stri- strategy. The tactics were amazing, setting TRI at the back, forcing Pachuca to go to the outside, and they couldn't do anything from there. They couldn't do anything from the inside either. And for me, if we have to say names, Andrea Pereira. She was a brick wall at the back, and nobody could get through her. And Aureli Kassi, she is like this silent player um, in the midfield that makes everyone around her better. And she put a ribbon on her performance with this amazing golasso this screamer that we are seeing right now. I mean if we can if we have to say a name besides Katy um, Martinez that uh, I mean her golasso was amazing to the opener for this game but for me Andrea Pereira at the back and Aureli Cassie in the midfield.
0: Julia is there a new hierarchy a new hierarchia in Liga MX Feminil? I asked because there was a time when Tigres and Rayadas would always play in the final and just kind of hand the title back and forth. If you look at two of the last three finals, not only have we not seen Tigres or Rayadas win it, they've not even made two of the last three finals. So are other teams kind of starting to come into that elite level and maybe challenge those northern teams for dominance?
3: I mean, uh, Tigres won the last uh, season uh, against America, Chivas won the last one. This was just the third time since the creation of Liga MX Femenil that there hasn't been a team from Monterrey in in a final, in a championship game. So I, I think there's a new ranking in Liga MX Femenil. At least, for now, we have to see what happens in the off-season, of course, and the next season, the Apertura 2023. Oh, no! Mm. <laughs> and this is it! Yeah, of course! Why not? <sighs> okay. I mean, you have the new champions, second-time champions, Club America, Ángel uh, Villacampa, uh, a great job, Katy Killer, Alison González, Sara Lubert, Aureli Kassi, Jos Orejel, Andrea Pereira, Itzel González uh, uh, as a goalie, I mean, That's a great team and they are champions so they have to be number one. Pachuca, of course, they were at the final, they competed. They have Charlene Corral, that's the top scorer of this league right now. Jenny Hermoso, um, Juan Carlos Cacho has uh, done an amazing job as head coaching, too. And then, of course, you have to put uh, Monterrey teams, the teams of the north. Uh, Monterrey, Rayadas, y, y las Amazonas. Uh, Tigres, they were in the semifinals. Monterrey lost to Pachuca. Tigres lost to America. It was the first time America got to beat them at the Estadio Azteca, and mm-hmm. they... And then they went on and beat them at the Volcán. So that's easy to say, but that's not easy to do. And Chivas, of course, they are also there. If we talk about Claudia Carrion, we have to mention Nelly Simon and the amazing job she is doing there.
4: Yeah, our ex-colleague here at ESPN, Nelly Simone, let's, let's shift from what is yeah. the domestic game uh, to the international game. We saw just recently at the U-20 stage here in CONCACAF, uh, the U-20 uh, Mexican women's or youth national team uh, stun the U-20 uh, American yeah. side. How significant of a win was this?
3: For me, it was a huge accomplishment. I mean, Mexico uh, has only won uh, one time before this, uh, this this year, this tournament. It was in 2018, and it was against the United States. But it came to the penalty shootout. Uh, Mexico had never won against the United States in regular time, and they did that this time. And it's an amazing generation, uh, full of talent in the USA. I mean, you know her, you know that better than I do. But Ana Galindo uh, has done an amazing job. Uh, She knows her players. This is a really young generation of talented players. And we we come back to Liga MX Femenil because a lot of them play in Liga MX Femenil. We are talking about Maileen Orozco, who came from the bench twice in the semifinals against Canada and in the finals against uh, United States and scored. And she (laughs) plays in Cholos Femenil. Um, The defense, Tatiana, she plays in europe but Montes montezaldiva she plays in america it's el velasco she won um, the best goal goalkeeper of this tournament and she plays in america alisoto the mvp of this tournament Uh, she plays in pachuca she scored a goal in the second leg of the final so i think this is promising and it's important for the future because we are thinking now ahead uh, for the world cup in 2027.
0: Okay, we got some good news at the youth national team level. We got to talk about the senior team, though. Of course, they missed the World Cup, had to fire the manager. We got a new Spanish manager now, Pedro Lopez, in charge. They've had a few games since that horribly disappointing CONCACAF qualifying tournament against NWSL teams. They've gotten some decent results. What are people down in Mexico saying about the state of the women's national team right now?
3: I mean, the squad list was just announced uh, yesterday. Some people... Um, they are not satisfied but that that always happens they are also mentioning Kathy Martinez Kathy killer but we have to remember that Kathy killer was recovering from an injury this season she was on and off with America I mean she was important in the final but she is recovering here's the the squad list Um, I really like it I really like it Charlene Corral is back we all know that (laughs) and that's important caro Jaramillo Kiana Palacios from America too we have four players from America four players from Rayadas, four players from Tigres. That's why the ranking also it's still Monterrey, it's still Tigres and it's still America. They are the most important teams right now in Mexico and we have to to look ahead to think of the future to think of what's coming in 2027. Yeah it's a bummer that we didn't make it into the World Cup this year. Australia and New Zealand we won't be there but as Ana Galindo said also in a press conference this young generation of players the under 20 national team they are going to raise their hands for this World Cup in 2027, 20, so that that's really exciting.
0: And of course, that 2027 World Cup could be could be here in the United States. Where Mexico, of course, would have could be some here. bit of home yeah. field advantage. There we go, uh, Julia Hadley. Great to have you here with us on Football Americas, and we hope to have you back on the show soon. Thanks.
3: Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure.
0: Speaking of the women's game, Herc, Nike has released the Phantom Luna cleat. Here's what they're saying about it. They're calling it the first women's lead boot design, just in time for the Women's World Cup. What do you think?
4: It's clean, man. I like the all white and it's clean. I like the little swoosh being kind of inverted that way. It's a nice mm-hmm. little look and I will repeat, the white on white is clean.
0: What about the ankle sock thing coming out of the shoe? You like that?
4: I don't know why that would be the question you would ask. Because
0: that's, I, I, no, no, because I, I've never worn a cleat
4: like that. It looks uncomfortable. You, you strike me as like the shin guards over the socks kind of a guy. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yes, definitely
0: tripping uh, when it comes to my fashion. This definitely tripping. Nike uh, always has some
2: dripping. some great cleats there. Dripping, dripping, it. Yeah, that's, yeah,
4: yeah, that's what I said. I like it.
0: Yeah.
2: What Luna. he says. <laughs>
0: Nike soccer." Yeah, what about that
2: weird sock
0: thing? Do all the shoes have to come with that? Can you get it without the sock? Just put my foot into it the normal way? It's um, odd, man. That, that's new. You know, back in my day, we didn't have that kind of stuff. Monday Night Football in the National Women's Soccer League, Chicago and Angel City. Producer Beto and Vladko Andonovsky at this game. 16 minutes in, Chicago Red Stars with the goal. Ava Cook on the header right there. Good driven ball and out of nowhere. Like a salmon upstream. Ava Cook, the pride of Division II Grand Valley State with the goal. Number uh, minute 20. Chance here for Angel City. Off
4: the mark. Yeah, it's a difficult finish for Alice Vignola. She doesn't get a hold of it right there, and just wide. You
0: wanted more, Ava
4: Cook. You got it.
0: A Red Stars attacker with a brace.
4: Yeah, that's a goal scorer's goal right there. Very scrappy in the box. Ally Riley not happy about that one, but it's a little rebound in her own box, and just the player who's who's ready, who's attentive, who just on it, smells it. There's the goal. Eight.
0: Angel City needs a boost, who they go to, Sydney LaRue back after a long injury with an, a uh, long lap with an ankle injury, got her kids in attendance. A few minutes later, Alyssa Thompson, the
4: setup. up, LaRue the goal, yes Hark, what a moment. I mean, it's Alyssa Thompson doing all the work and then I thought this was an own goal, but LaRue does a very good job of being the last touch and she'll take that.
0: Here's an emotional Sydney LaRue afterwards. It
6: meant a lot to me. Um, it's been a really emotional, um, couple. I mean, it's been an emotional year for sure. Um, and I didn't really know if I would be able to put on this jersey again and be able to play the way that I know I can play. You're just having these two little guys here next to you, being able to hug them after the game, all that. Just what does that mean to you? Oh, it's so special. Um, they were such a huge part of my journey coming back. Um, We've spent a lot of days where They were really helpful, right? Remember when he didn't walk for a long time? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, it was really special to share that with them. And when I scored, he started crying. (laughs) He's my emotional boy. Are you excited? I'm proud. Um, Yeah, it's the most special thing to share that with them tonight.
0: LaRue's 40th NWSL regular season goal after an 11-month bake. Congratulations to her. That was the uh, good news for Angel City. Bad news is they did lose. And as you see through 10 games, Meyer down there near the bottom of the NWSL table. As of right now, Portland and San Diego, uh, even on 19 points atop the NWSL standings. Time now, Herc. To check the mentions, I bet Twitter has been pretty, pretty busy over the last 24 to 48 hours with all this news of Messi. Here's our first question. What does Messi to Miami
4: do to the retirement league image MLS has? What do you think, Kirk? Nothing, because if you thought that MLS was a retirement league, it's still a retirement league for you. But if you know MLS and you've known the patterns of buying younger players and exporting younger players, you're just saying this is the best player that's ever played Mm -hmm. post-winning a World Cup six months out, coming to Major League Soccer. So there is no change in your perception because however you feel about Major League Soccer Mm -hmm. before Messi came here, it's exactly how you're going to feel about it now. So nothing changes.
0: Embrace the retirement league image, especially when it comes to guys like Messi, right? There are guys who you don't want to go after. There's guys you don't want to spend money on. There's guys who if you bring them in, the retirement image hurts. This is not that. So if you're going to get negative on this with retirement image, you're looking for something negative to say about Major League Soccer. Is that your burner, by the way? It might have been, it might have been. What was the, what was the,
4: uh... Mexico fan. was the fan. name on the... Mexico. Mexico.
0: fan. That's pretty clever, that's pretty clever. Too clever for me, definitely not my burner. Uh, let's see what else we got here on Check Dimensions. Is it more messy? Oh yeah, it's more messy. Brian asks, do y'all think, ooh, Brian must be from, I don't know, maybe Texas, somewhere in the southeast. Y'all think Messi will overtake Beckham's contribution and legacy in MLS? Interesting question. What do you say, Herc?
4: No, I, I don't. Um... Messi came at 32 years of age. I'm sorry, David Beckham came at 32 years of age, and David Beckham was nowhere near Messi. I mean, David Beckham was one of the better players in his position, wasn't the best player ever. Didn't come after winning a World Cup. Mm -hmm. You know, he's a very popular player. But he elevated the league in a way that forever changed the course of the league. The designated player is David Beckham. It was created for David Beckham. And David Beckham, everything you see now before you, Major League Soccer, as you know it today, you owe to David Beckham. His legacy is the singular most important piece in the history of Major League Soccer. Ahead of Don Garber. Those are the two most important pieces, if you really think about it. When everything's said and done, those are the two that you're going to talk about. And Messi can have effect to elevate the league, but we've already mentioned this, I mean, top 10 or, or bust. That's how mm-hmm. you're gonna say it's successful with Leo Messi. That's how you're gonna say like, this really had an impact. And you mentioned, you mentioned Copa America. You mentioned the World Cup, the Confederation Cup coming in, uh, the three years. And post that, that we're gonna have the Olympics and then everything that's gonna go on post that, there's gonna be about five years of just football. Every summer will be football here in the United States. They need to capitalize on this because the same way that 1994 was a catalyst in creating Major League Soccer and getting new fans, it was the first World Cup that I vividly remember, the messy years will be a catalyst for future generations to come. Forget about fans, players, actual players.
0: Long term, I don't know, man. It's going to be tough to have a bigger impact than David Beckham. Short-term, Herc, I think there's going to be more of a pop here for Messi than oh. Beckham. That's because oh, yes. If if you think back to 2007 when, when Beckham shows up, he wasn't playing on a league. Of course, he's playing in La Liga. He's playing with Real Madrid. But that's not a league that at that time was super available to American soccer fans. Messi just played in a World Cup final. Millions of people watch that here in this country. So the, the, the amount of people who are tuned into Messi right now, uh, I think is different than Beckham, even though Beckham felt major. So I think short-term pop, messy, long-term pop, we'll see. But it'll be tough to, uh, just to overtake. Just pop in what? general,
4: it's messy. Uh, yeah. Legacy is Beckham. Pop in general. He, David Beckham mm. didn't have this. David Beckham yeah. didn't. I mean, this is on the tip of your phone. Everything goes viral. Everybody knows about we everything. We couldn't
0: measure. Now we can measure. Now we can see Inter-Miami has, you know, 300 times the social media following. Back then, we didn't have social media. We really couldn't just that Just wish you would have said
4: it was Inter-Miami, not Miami FC. I feel dumb. I know. Not the first time here on Football Americas.
0: What else for Check Dimension? Stefan, here's my question. Do you think it is a bad thing for MLS to be helping teams like LAFC and Inter-Miami with acquiring huge names while looking the other way on the other teams and fan bases in the league? Aren't teams supposed to equally find
4: talent within the cap rules? Perk, fair or unfair? Well, it's unfair to label LAFC into this, and I am by no way... In shape or form like a defendant of lafc but to mm-hmm. my knowledge they were doing everything under the rules yeah. regulations yeah. cap all that they just have sunny southern california los angeles as a big carrot to dangle in front of these athletes yeah you, you're right the producer said you could say the galaxy because historically the galaxy was that team historically mm-hmm. the galaxy was always accused of having the league in some way shape or form show favoritism and in turn a blind eye to cater to them, so you could get those stars, the mm-hmm. David Beckhams, the Steven Gerrards, the, the uh, Giovanni Dos Santos, uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, whatever you want, uh, but when we're talking about Inter-Miami, one could argue that they shouldn't turn the blind, blind eye, they shouldn't allow them to manipulate rules, they should completely change the rules. Yes. So Inter-Miami can be successful or have a chance to be successful, but so can the rest. So if you're Kansas City, if you want to open up the checkbook, you do it. So if you're the Colorado Rapids and Stan Kroenke wants to open up the checkbook, you do it. Sorry, I had a laugh when I was trying to get that out there, but you do
5: it.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, you wouldn't have this problem if you didn't have all the restrictive rules. If you you just opened it up, then nobody would be complaining because it would just be how ambitious your owners were and whether they wanted to spend. One more here on Check Dimensions. Will we make it four for four, Messi? Uh, Yes, we will. Ryan, now that Messi is coming, who would be the next big name MLS could score to advance their cause? Fantastic question. This is a great
4: bar room debate, Hurt. Uh, Who would you go for next? So, my gut reaction says go for Neymar. Go for Neymar, go for Neymar, go for Neymar. He'd be a Mm -hmm. show on and off the field, go for Neymar. If you really wanted to transcend, mm-hmm. and this is where I think Major League Soccer and um, the Saudi Arabian League are in the same boat. If you really wanted to transcend, if you really wanted to send that message like this league's for real and we're going to be different, we're going to get into that top tier, you've got to try landing a, a killing Mbappe, you've got to try landing an Erling mm. Haaland, you've got to try landing somebody that's, either about the bus at the height of their career or you know is already yeah. there. That's fighting with the Real Madrid, the cities for their for their uh, signature. you got to do that if you want to really, really be that type right. of league.
0: That's the thing, is there is no other Messi. You know, not even Ronaldo. You, you could maybe have thrown him out if you could lure him away from Saudi Arabia, maybe if he was unhappy there and you could get both of them in this league playing with each other, against each other. That could be fantastic. But other than those two guys and then the next generation of those guys who are a an Mbappé or a Haaland, there's nobody else that's going to have this kind of impact. Like, it's not like there's 20 or 30 guys, Herc, that MLS can bring to have an impact. It's a very, very small number. It's Messi, Ronaldo. After that, you're talking about guys who might sell a few shirts, might move a few tickets, but are not going to move the needle. And and, and Messi's going to not just move the needle. He's going to rock the needle.
4: Yeah, there are only two players right now that will give you the late-night circuit, I mean, that type of fanfare, that will sell out stadiums anywhere, home and away, and that will captivate the world, like the world will be watching. You just landed one of them. The other one is still out there, but Seb said it. He's in Saudi Arabia.
0: One more thing before we get out of here, Her Parting shot. we got to clear something up that has, I know, been bothering folks around this show for quite some time. Joshua Winder, remember him? Of course, part of the U-20s, Louisville City. We had him on the show. Told us it was just rumors about Benfica. Well, apparently those rumors have come good. Now it's official, $1.2 million, a record transfer fee for USL. He's joining Benfica from Louisville City, Herc. Officially official.
4: Officially official. Uh, congratulations, Josh Winder. Little media training. Just say it's not tight, it's not done. It's all right. Don't say just <laughs> That's rumors. That's all right. You, just, you look like a liar. No, I'm just kidding. That's all but right. Congratulations hey, he got his deal. Man.
0: Louisville got their deal, uh, a record for USL as well. So congratulations, Record. Uh, everybody happy there. One more thing, programming note. We're not on Monday next week, but we are on three times next week. CONCACAF Nations League semifinals and finals will be on Tuesday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. Thursday, we will be on before the semifinal USA-Mexico. And then Friday, we will be on... Our usual time, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 5.30 Pacific, to recap everything that happened as the U.S. and Mexico face off in Las Vegas. He's Hercules Gomez. I'm Sebi Salazar. Thanks for watching, and we will see you next Tuesday right here I can't believe on you wore ESPN+. That jacket.
4: Hey, hey, all messy all the time. How many times have they been you, Seb? Hey, Can't beat them, join them.